Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello, it's Susie here. We're back. Series six of Out with Susie Ruffle. I'm very excited to be back and to be sharing some more stories with you between now and Christmas. I have so many fantastic episodes lined up and so many people I'm still reaching out to trying to get them to say yes. But I'm very excited um, about some of the people that we've got coming on the show. It's going to be really great. I was just looking back at how many episodes that uh, I've recorded since... Uh, all that time way back when in the first lockdown, 73 episodes, uh, different conversations with different people from across the LGBTQIA plus community. And yeah, it sort of made me realize that I'm, I'm super proud of it, which I think is something that is, uh, that British people don't say an awful lot because we cringe at things like that, don't we? But it's very American to say, I'm super proud of this. But I think maybe that's a good thing to sort of recognize when you create something that you think is pretty good. And I do think it's pretty good. Do you know what? I, th I think it's better than pretty good. I think it's bloody good. And I was delighted that I got to meet some of you uh, this week. I did the first ever live show of Out with Susie Ruffle at Soho Theatre London. I was delighted how quickly it sold out. I think it sold out in about three or four days, which uh, just made my heart sing. And oh, chatting to so many of you afterwards, some of you said the most beautiful things to me about what this podcast has done for you, whether it's just helped you accept yourself a little bit more, whether it's given you the confidence to go out and meet someone and fall in love, or whether you're a parent and you came up to me and said that the podcast had helped your child somehow. You don't know how much that means to me. I had a little cry on the train home. There, I said it, but it really means the world to me. As always, I'm going to share some listener emails and then we'll get on with today's conversation, which is with Stevie Bobby. Okay, here we go. Hi, Susie. I just listened to your episode with Jess Fosterkew, shamefully late for a person who considers herself to be a big fan of yours and Jess's work. I found Jess's story so relatable and cathartic to listen to that I had a wee cry myself. I've known I'm bi since my first kiss and sexual experiment at 13 years old with a gay girl from our, hold your breath, school football team who is now a member of the specialist tactical weapons unit in the police clang clang indeed i think you'll agree that it's obvious even from that tender age because this was the mid-2000s of course my peers brackets especially the boys were weird about it i loved being told all the time the classic just pick a side despite my parents being supportive the negativity from my peers was enough to make me tuck my queerness away for the next 16 odd years and in my late teens i entered into consecutive hetero relationships for 12 years eventually the weight and distress of not having explored my bisexuality and the guilt of not being truthful to myself or my partner became too much to bear which led me to a very painful end to my eight-year relationship with my ex who is a lovely man and dealt with the situation with a huge amount of compassion I'm now happily exploring my queerness and acknowledging that part of me that went ignored for so long. Listening to Jess's experience of pain and subsequent joy in her coming out story was really reassuring and affirming for me. A million thanks to you, Jess, and of course, Tom. I'm a big fan of like-minded friends too. I love hearing about queer people having fucking awesome, happy lives. And a very belated congratulations on your marriage and the arrival of your wee one. I'm sending big loves from Australia. And that is from M. Jess's episode is one that comes up so frequently. I think people related to that so much. I love Jess. I think she's absolutely brilliant. And I really loved that conversation. I think it was a really special one. 
And uh, yeah, I'm forever grateful to my dear, dear friend, Jess, for being so open and honest and sharing her story so beautifully. It feels like that's maybe the episode that I get the most emails about. Thank you, Em, for getting in touch. And I'm sending you all the love in the world for the new exploration of, of who you are. Okay, let's have one more. Dear Susie, I've contemplated writing to you every time I listen to a new episode of your podcast and I thought now was finally the right time. First off, I would like to say how much I love listening. I found your podcast during the second lockdown as a way to take my mind off things before going to sleep. I listen to many podcasts, but yours always fills me with a sense of happiness and safety, both from yourself and the people that you talk to. I am perhaps a younger listener. I just turned 18 and I'm heading off to university this September. As with many people my age, I have and am still in the middle of figuring out my identity. I feel privileged to be in this younger generation where being queer is much more readily accepted fact and I'm grateful every day for the group of friends that have supported me as I explore who I am. I began questioning my sexuality when I started secondary school and quite quickly claimed the label bisexual. I had a boyfriend at the time so I thought I had to be at least partly straight. A year later I entered the relationship realising the feelings I was trying to convince myself I had just weren't there. And after that, I started to wonder if the reason the feelings weren't there was because I was gay. I just didn't see boys in that way. Without needing to tell anyone, I slowly got more confident with the idea that I was gay. And luckily the friends I had in school were completely accepting of this fact. By the end of year 11, I felt quite happy with my identity and quietly confident that if anyone asked me, I could tell them what label I would use. Maybe it was lockdown or just the period of my life that coincided with it. But after I finished secondary school, I started to once again question the labels I was using for myself. There can be so many layers to one person's identity, and this is something I don't think I realised until it applied to me. As well as being gay, I'm also asexual and non-binary. As strange as it may sound, the added complications of being ace made the gay part of me seem like nothing. It is still something I have yet to admit to anyone, so I suppose you're the first person. Looking back now, I often wonder if some of the questions I had about my sexuality were more due to this aspect rather than which gender I prefer. I had a couple of relationships with girls between breaking up with my boyfriend and coming to this realisation of being ace. In both situations, I was unable to be remotely intimate despite feeling quite attracted. At the time, I just assumed that I was related to my social anxiety, but I've come to realise that it's more than that. And more importantly than that, it's okay. Had there been someone around back then to explain all of these identities even existed, let alone something that could apply to me, I think this internal struggle I found myself dealing with further down the line would have been a lot less damaging on my mental health. Now I've just finished my A-levels, finally, and I'm about to move on to university. This prospect is insanely scary to me, partly due to my social anxiety, but also because a big part of me worries about me finding my people once again. It took me seven years to end up with a group of friends that I felt like I could be 100% myself around. I hope it's not naive of me to expect the same kind of thing at uni, but much sooner. As I've heard from many of your guests on the podcast, as well as yourself, if there is ever a time to find myself, it will be in these coming years. And I would like to say thank you for giving me hope that it's all going to be okay in the end. I feel especially lucky that I, perhaps unlike many of your other listeners, and definitely some of your guests, am on this side of things. I'm able to look forward to the amazing queer experiences that I am to have rather than looking back on what I missed. I don't have much else to say other than thank you for being such an inspiring role model. Please keep doing what you're doing because so many people appreciate it. And that message is going to be anonymous because that's what they have asked for. I'm so pleased that the podcast means that much to you. And thank you so much for sending in your email. I think being open to, to changing labels is a really positive thing i think sometimes when we're set rigidly in what we are and who we are that can be where you know it really can play havoc with our mental health i think being open to accepting yourself regardless of of how you come that day is a really positive thing and i'm so pleased that the podcast has meant that much to you and i hope that the conversations help you with your journey and i'm wishing you so much love and luck when it comes to uh, moving on to uni I understand that you feel uh, quite scared. I felt really scared when I moved up to London to go to drama school, but uh, it's where I met one of my bestest friends in the world. Uh, the first person I ever came out to, actually. I might have mentioned her on the podcast before, my friend Ruth, 
who is just the greatest ally. And I had a wonderful time and I met some people that were like me and other people that weren't like me, but uh, were great friends. And I had so much fun and I hope that you have as much fun as I did. Wow, what a lovely couple of messages to start with. Um, I just wanna say before we get into the interview, um, so many of you have come along to my tour shows. It's been really special to meet so many of you afterwards and have a little chat and, and just say hi and to hear what this podcast has meant to you. I know I mentioned this at the top as well about the people that came to the live show, but also people that have come to my tour shows. I really appreciate it. I've got a few tour shows left. Um, I've got one uh, in Nottingham, one in Farnham, one in Pocklington, one in Hull, and one in East Grinstead. They're the last five shows, tour shows I have of this year before I go back out on the road in March. Uh, You can find out all of that at my website, susieruffle.com. But let's get into today's conversation. I loved this chat with Stevie Bobby. I think she's brilliant. I'm going to put a little warning out here. This episode is slightly explicit. It's probably one of the more explicit ones that um, that I've done. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course, but maybe if you're listening with smaller people, it might not be the time. And there's also quite a bit of swearing because it was the first live show. And as I mentioned, I was a bit nervous. I was a bit nervous, which is mad because I'm, I do live comedy all of the time, but I just... I just wanted to do a great job. And I think you can tell that I'm a bit nervous because I'm swearing. That's the way to know that I'm a bit nervous. I swear more. But, oh, can you hear my cat in the background? I mean, I'm such a bloody cliche. Right, that's all from me. Let's go to the conversation now with the brilliant Stevie Bobby. That's nice of you. Thank you. All right. You all right? I'm all right. Uh, I'm a bit nervous. I've not, I've not done one of these ones before, so I hope it's not shit. I really hope it's not shit. Um, I think we're going to have a lovely time. Um, I assume you'll listen to the podcast? Yeah. Does anyone not listen to the podcast? Oh, you have made... Did you think this was stand-up tonight? You fucked it. But let me tell you, if you're a straight man, you're going to learn. And, and maybe it's time. Uh, we're gonna have an awful lot of fun. You seem very warm. I thought I'd better come out here and warm people up. But you're very warm, you're very up for it. Now, someone got in touch with me. Someone got in touch with me. I don't normally do shout outs. So it's not an, it's not, it's not an invitation for future shows. Where's Alice? Hi Alice, how are you? Good. Uh, you got in touch with me because you and Jenny got engaged this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> She said that you were the most thoughtful, loving, and smart person she'd ever met. Yeah. But you've not met me yet, so... <laughs> Hello? Uh, no, uh, how did you do it? How did you propose? She, she proposed? Jenny, how did you do it? Uh, just went on a walk and got a ring out. Yeah. Okay, I understand how it works, but okay. Sounds really romantic, Jenny. You fucking smashed it. <laughs> do you want to? Shall we? Fuck it. Um, I, 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 I've never told this story before, but I'll tell you, you seem nice. When me and Alice got engaged, not that one, I've got a different one. Um, I've got my own Alice before anyone gets weird. Uh, we, so, I, so she was gonna propose to me. She asked mum and dad, mum told her, which I've done stand up about, mum, mum, mum was told her like, yeah, go for it. And then mum told me that Alice was planning on proposing, like, just so you know. And I was like, <laughs> wicked. So then, Thanks, Mum, what a beautiful day that's going to be. <laughs> but then I thought, oh, this is wicked, because what I can do is I can go and get her a ring as well. So when she was like, will you marry me? I was like, boom, do you want to marry me? <laughs> I win! Uh, no, and... <laughs> so we were going, we were going away to like a posh fancy hotel the next night. And so I was like, oh, Alice is going to do it. And then what happened is Alice got so weird in our flat. She was like, oh, I can't, I can't take it anymore. I'm too stressed. This is too nerve-wracking. Do you want to just get married? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So I've got you this ring. I was like, oh, brilliant. I've got you this ring. And then as we both like had a cuddle and had a kiss, the cat did a shit in her box in the corner. <laughs> and I was like, welcome to lesbian marriage. <laughs> it's lovely. It's organized. But there's a cat that's shitting. Bloody brilliant. Bloody brilliant. Right. Uh, we're in for such a treat tonight. I'm very excited for our, our guest. I'll tell you who they are, and then you, those of you who listen to the podcast, you know that I do like a little intro all about them. So I'm sure many of you will be aware of, of her. She, her name's Stevie Bobby. She is a YouTube creator. There's people nodding. It's very exciting. I'm very excited to have her. She's absolutely brilliant. If you could all give her sort of a huge round of applause as she enters the stage, would that be okay? Oh, because now you've gone weird. What the fuck is up with you? Okay. 
brilliant. We're going to have a very good conversation. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I am a little bit nervous, partly because I feel like normally when I'm on stage, I'm always, like, desperate to be funny. And those of you that listen to the podcast, there will be some bits where I really shouldn't be funny. So I'm feeling quite nervous. So everyone relax. Have a good time. There'll be laughter. There'll also be thoughtful bits. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Suze, you've made it weird. Wicked. Okay, good. Oh, by the way, these trousers, what do we think? Like? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, because I wore them out to dinner with my best friend. I walked in and she went, yes, chef. And I've really lost my confidence with them. So if you could all tell me I look nice, that would be really good. Right, I'm going to move this chair around a little bit so that you can see, all right? Because otherwise, otherwise that's going to be, you're just going to see my ass. And it's not, it's a fine ass, but it's not amazing. Um, not worth looking at for an hour. Right, okay. Uh, we're, we're, are we recording, Emma? Yeah. Yeah, have you been recording all of this? Oh, good. I can listen back to it and hate myself later. Wicked. <laughs> Wicked. Right, okay. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Uh, I need so much more energy than that, you wouldn't believe. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Stevie Bobby is a YouTuber, an educator, an LGBTQ plus icon, a disability advocate, and I've been a fan of her content for years. She is unfiltered, open, honest, and connects with people across the globe. She has become renowned for her dry humor and effortless style. I love her videos. She is unapologetically herself and unapologetically queer. She has developed a huge following both sides of the Atlantic, and I know to many she represents a real hopefulness about what a queer life can be. I only wish that her content had existed when I was working out who I am because I know that I would have been a lot happier a lot quicker. Please, huge round of applause. Welcome to the stage, Stevie Bobby! That was the yeah. best intro I've ever had. Oh, good. That was least. amazing. Wow. I've just seen that you've brought your beer on. One sec. Of course. <laughs> Why did you get it for me if I didn't bring it on? Hello, thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you so much. What a great, that was an amazing paragraph. Can I put that in my bio from now on? No. Uh, <laughs> you absolutely quote, quote at the beginning of my memoir. Yeah, Susie please Ruffle. do. Yeah. yeah, I'll do the pre-log. Yeah, you seem smart. You've got a hat on. Uh, <laughs> you read books. Yeah, you What's can it called? Tell. She's got glasses. She's got a hat. She's read a book. I get it. I get it. Um, we, do, we don't really know each other, do we? So we, we met today on a train. Yeah. Which was a, a, an unusual way to meet someone. It sort of felt like a film. I loved it. I talked to people on the trains and the tube yeah, and stuff, I and my wife that. had to tell me that that was inappropriate. Yeah, I noticed that. You were like, oh, I'm on the train. I'm, I'm in the main too. I'm like, this is an opportunity to make a friend, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've lived in London too long, I think. <laughs> Because, yeah, you texted me. The train was delayed. You're like, I'm in the middle carriage. I was joining the train. You're like, I've made a friend called Tom. And I was like, oh, why? Like, <laughs> why are you chatting to someone? But you had it. It was nice. Yeah, we follow each other on Instagram now. He's a, uh. he's a software developer. He's great. Cool. I like that about you. Have you always been like that? Have you always been good at making friends? I just didn't know that other people, like, didn't like it until recently. So I don't know. We'll I liked see. it. Oh, thanks. Just to be clear. Oh, good. I think Tom did, too. Yeah, I feel like Tom was loving it. Did you think Tom was gay? No. No, I think he might have been loving it too much. That was my vibe. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I'm very aware your wife was here, and I was like, oh, Tom has got the end of the wrong stick. <laughs> We're meeting her wife later. Um, so often on this podcast, it's good to sort of... There'll obviously be loads of people that listen, and indeed here in this room, they're very aware of, of who you are and what you do. But it's good quite often to start sort of quite chronologically. So where did you grow up? Um, yeah, so I grew up in, I say I'm from New Orleans, but I grew up in a tiny little swamp town on the border of Texas and Louisiana. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I say I'm from LA now, because that's where I lived most of my adult life, I guess. Yeah. yeah. What was it like growing up in a, I'm putting this in com inverted commas, swamp town, uh, in just outside of New Orleans? Um, it was very not gay. Very uh, not gay. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would guess that. Yeah, a lot of um, right-wing people. A lot sure. Of um, I don't know. It was very rural. Right. And when you say right-wing people, is that the sort of thing that would, like, filter into schooling? Oh, yeah. Like, we learned about Jesus in school. Yeah. 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 And not very... about gays. Oh, not, not allowed to talk about sex at all. Right. Yeah. No, no sex. No. Yeah. Abstinence only. Oh. It's actually illegal in Texas, I think, still to um, say anything other than you have to wait until marriage. Wow. Which is wild, yeah. Yeah, that is wild. Huh. Texas, backwards. Who'd have thought? I was, so, told, I was told that if I swam in a swimming pool with boys in a bikini, I could get pregnant. But if I wore a one-piece, I wouldn't. Oh, wow. <laughs> Don't tell the lesbians in that room that they're trying for a baby. They'll be fucking... They'll be down the pool tomorrow. <laughs> Give it a 
try? Why the fuck not? <laughs> Sperm's expensive. <laughs> So did you, were you at all aware of, of queer people at, at that young age when you were sort of at school? Were you aware that people that were sort of different other existed? Yeah, so Ellen DeGeneres was the only um, lesbian that sure. I knew sure. of. Sure. Um, and I was like, well, I don't look like her, so uh -huh. I can't be gay. Because you, you didn't have a blonde crop. Yeah. That was the only issue there. The, on, the only issue, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you talk quite a lot in your videos about being sort of femme and about being did you has that been something that's come up again and again with your sort of journey through your queerness about sort of how you identify and how you look yeah so it's kind of interesting i was just thinking about this this week because i cut all my hair off which i know i still have hair but like i've always had very long hair mm -hmm. this is my first time cutting it and i was always scared to do that um but in my family all of the women are very butch even though they're straight oh. um, and I'm like the femme one in my family but then in my wider community all the women are extremely femme so um, yeah it was like oh you can be gay just as long as you don't look like Ellen you know what I mean yeah so like that that was like the homophobic seed I got planted not mm -hmm. it's weird to be a lesbian it's just weird to look like a lesbian I guess yeah I, I remember when I came out my mom said to me oh you're not gonna start wearing Ben Sherman's are you and I was like no Fred Perry but thanks um, <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Um, but no, I get that. Was that something that stayed in there for quite a long time? Like, don't look too gay? Yeah, I just cut my hair last week. For the right, okay, time. sure. So it's, it's still there. Okay, yeah. great. Good to know, good to know. <laughs> what were you like at school? What kind of kid were you? Definitely a know-it-all. I was oh, like right. front of the class, like telling the teacher they were wrong. But also like... <laughs> Charming. Yeah, like the teachers didn't know about Google yet, but I did. So I would just tell them they were wrong and they weren't used to that. Like teachers nowadays probably are so used to it, but... Because kids Google everything. Yeah. So were you always quite techy? Techy? Yeah, I, yeah. I like learned how to get around the school firewalls and stuff, so I could go on gay forums and whatever. Oh. Yeah. Wow. As a joke, you know. Sure. Yeah. I'm in lesbian oh, this chat room. things a joke. Don't worry about it. I get it. I hear ya. So what was sort of like high school like? Were you were you out then? No, I didn't really come out until college-ish. And then everyone was like, well, you don't look like a lesbian. I was like, okay, I must be bi, I guess. And then I just kept trying to date guys. Because mm -hmm. I was like, well, everyone's telling me I look bi, so I must be bi. Yeah. Yeah. There's a video on your... So I've, I've done like a deep dive. Into, I thought you said you were a big fan. Oh, well, I listen, <laughs> I am a big fan. Did but, you refresh? But I refreshed from some of your older videos. Uh, oh, God, how old? Uh, there was one, your first one I looked at. <laughs> what even is that? Um, you're in a red dress. Why am I in a red dress? I, I don't know. What's I it did, about? It's about... What about is it butter? about? <laughs> I couldn't work. I, it, you're in like a house. You're wearing a red dress. At one point you're stirring something. Oh my God. Is that? <laughs> that is a video about peanut butter. Oh. I would say your content's got better. Yeah. Because now I know what you're talking about. So that's good. <laughs> I'm going to private that video immediately. <laughs> I was in my kitchen today being like, what was she doing way back, way back? It's okay, we've all got awful videos on YouTube from forever ago. Yeah, it definitely wasn't out if you couldn't tell in that video. No, no, but there was a, there was a, there was a bit further, further along in your sort of YouTube career where you were, you were talking about coming out. And it sort of struck me that you're someone that was probably out online in sort of a public way before you were out in a private way. No, definitely the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah, like even when I was dating guys trying to pretend I was bi, they would be like, this is my lesbian girlfriend. Like they would right. call me a lesbian all the time. I don't, what the fuck was it? Comp het is a hell of a drug, let me right, tell you. Right, okay, sure. What's that? Compulsory heterosexuality, where oh. you like, it's like a compulsive thing. Like even, even some lesbians like get crushes on guys now and it's like, it's Disney movies made me do that. You know, it's not like a, a true. Yeah. I've never heard that. Compulsory heterosexuality, yeah. Oh, it's how I feel about Ben Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that man. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> For me, it's Jack Black. Yeah, right. He's so sexy. So He's so sexy. Just everyone going, ah. Okay. You do you. I guess School of Rock was great. Um, 
Right, okay, let's get into... Let, 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 let. So, so there was a, there was an yeah. So I was scared to come on online because sure. I was like, Ellen is the only successful lesbian that will ever exist. Well, so I can just like pretend to be straight and blend in with the straights, mm -hmm. and it's fine. I'll talk about technology. And I remember thinking when I was a teenager, like, oh, I I know that Ellen's a lesbian, and I know I'm a lesbian. I guess there's a few others. And then I became aware of like Sue Perkins and was like, oh, there's another one. And then I saw Sandy Toxvig and I was like, there's four of us. Oh my God. Do we get dinner or something? Like, do we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I didn't, I didn't come out online for way after I came out. But there was a video of you telling your grandmother, which I thought yes. was a very bold thing to video. Yeah. She heard, someone else had already told her though. But that was the thing. So she she had heard through the grapevine that yeah. you were a lesbian, presumably from your family members that look like lesbians but aren't. <laughs> yeah. like, you won't believe who's gay. Like, Is it you? <laughs> Every time I've introduced like a girlfriend to my mom, they're like, are you sure? You didn't tell me she was a lesbian. Just from her walk. Oh, she's like, got a gay gay. Yeah, lots, lots of butch energy in my family, yeah. Like, how did I come out like this? Like, what is going on? I think you're butch. And I'm the gay one. No. <laughs> you think I'm butch? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I just, I'm wearing lingerie right now. Is that what it is? I was wondering. <laughs> it's sort of slightly witchy, which I like. Oh, thanks. It's October. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when I was looking through your videos, it definitely feels like, like, you're someone that has, like, lived online. Like, so obviously with me and my stand-up, there's certain things that I will talk about, there's certain things I won't talk about, there's certain things. Like I mentioned earlier, Alice, my partner, she's really private. I have to just like vet what I put on stage. And, and that's very much how it is. And it's the same with some of my family members, they don't want to be talked about, which is fair enough. But with, with your life, so, mine's, so what I'm saying is mine is a very edited version. But it feels like, and I might be wrong, but a lot of your life has been on YouTube. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think I've had a lot of public relationships. Right. Um, but I think that for me, growing up, I didn't have that representation. So, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, like, tumultuous relationships that you can see as a straight kid and feel represented and mm. feel like you have a script. So, for me, I've always said, like, it's tough to have public relationships, but if I was straight, I never would have done it, you know? Because you, you felt like people need needed to see yeah. people like us. Yeah, exactly. And... Is that then hard when people, like, do people really, like, because you've got more than 750,000 subscribers? Yeah. That's, a, like, a lot of people are into what you're about, like, your business. And so, <laughs> that sounded weird, didn't it? It did sound weird. It was, oh, Susie, have you forgotten mm. words? Uh, like, were there people that were, like, rooting for specific relationships? Or were they, like... Yeah, like, hey, so you're rolling your eyes for people yeah. that are listening at home. Uh, like, but, 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 but did you feel like you had to sort of let people know that a breakup was happening? Oh, like, that's I think I've made, like, three breakup videos. Like, we have broken up and no one cheated and this is what happened. So cringe. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't know how many of them are public still, but that would be a great video, us reacting and here's to my breakup got videos. <laughs> Roll down the screen. No, we've not got it. Who've not got it, but no, no, but, the, but people must have felt like they. I, I think because there's less representation for people like us, it does feel like the, you know, it, for someone like you, certainly for like younger queer people, would have been like, oh, well then I, I'm somehow invested in this relationship personally, so I'll take it as a hit, when people, like, because I've seen that like people have done like best bits of your old relationships being like, oh, they were in love once. And it's like, wow, that's so strange for someone to take your content and repackage it. Yeah, so then imagine being the new girlfriend. Yeah, that's imagine tricky. Imagine that hate mail. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's yeah. really tough. Yeah, so then after, after my last relationship, I said I wouldn't uh, be in a public relationship again unless uh -huh. we were married. Right. Um, so now my wife is here somewhere. <laughs> we make videos together. That's really um, nice. She's only got one or two death threats, so it's fine. Wow, really? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't keep track. That's nice. Used to it by now. You know. that, but you, so I want to talk about like the educator side of your YouTube as well, because you're, you're very bold, and I mean that in a very positive way, in that you're happy to talk about anything. Like you had a whole series on lesbian sex. Yeah, I have a whole video about how I come. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Wowzers trousers. <laughs> that is. <laughs> That's what I say when I come. 
wowzers trousers, and that's how I ended up with these chef trousers. Um, <laughs> it's rare that I get embarrassed, but I hope you're all enjoying it. Um, I mean, there's no reason why anyone should feel embarrassed about that, but did you want to put those videos out there because you were like, sorry, I was saying that because I said that I was embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not, not that offended, I was thinking, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> uh, oh, fuck, I thought I had a new friend. So, um, <laughs> did you want to put that content out there because you were like, oh, well, there's not, this stuff doesn't exist for gay women. Yeah, there's yeah. not like a tutorial in how you do, like, you know, it's quite straightforward for straight sex. You know, if there's any straight people in, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I love straight people. My mum and dad are straight. And I see, I can't help it. Um, but did you want to put that out there so there was, yeah, like a like a library of it almost, so that people it would be like a, a resource that people could go, could go to. Yeah. So when I first came out online, I started getting lots of questions like, "How do you have sex?" And I'm just like, "Oh, they're just straight or whatever." And then I just kept getting more and more questions, being more specific. And I was like, "Oh, I'll just look for a resource online that I can like link these people to, because obviously they're looking for answers." And then I couldn't really find anything, uh -huh. especially nothing in video form or that was really comprehensive. So. I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna be a lesbian sex educator now. And so I just did it in a voice, in my own voice, and in a voice that I would have listened to as a teenager, yeah. which isn't like an educator voice, you know what I mean? So I just like say scissoring and eating pussy and you know, which like a lot of a lot of educators wouldn't use that language. No, I ha um, no, no one at my school. <laughs> um, but I, I went to a Catholic school, so there was I less did of that. make a documentary about fisting, which I'm really proud of. Okay, let's that talk about good. that while I Yeah. While, while I look slightly shocked. But go on. You made a documentary about fisting. Go on. I premiered it at a legit film festival that was not about sex. It was like oh. a, normal films and then here's mine about fisting. So that was very entertaining for me. I mean, forgive the pun, but how did it go down? <laughs> um, <laughs> um I don't know. It was kind it was kind of documentary though so yeah. I was like oh well because so the the concept was that um for a long time fisting was illegal to do in porn um and so was like sex while you're menstruating just like these things that were like why is that worse than lots of things that are not illegal to do mm -hmm. in porn so um I like did research and figured out why it happened and all of that and interviewed a porn star who loves to do fisting pornos and how difficult it is to get paid to do it or to, to sell it to someone and distribute it and how people are like threatened with being sued or being arrested for it. So it's not like, this is how you fist, Ugh, but you know. But also. But also, <laughs> I premiered it at a normal film festival, so. I mean, it's incredible that you can get arrested for that. I mean, imagine. <laughs> I got arrested last night. Oh, go on. I mean, <laughs> what are you in for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, but in all seriousness, I mean, the educator part of your sort of YouTube channel now is something that I think is, is is really interesting because you also talk about living with a disability and how that affects your life. How important was it to sort of incorporate every part of your identity into the, the content that you put out? Yeah, so I always say that I was like in the closet as disabled longer than I was in the closet as gay mm -hmm. um, because I didn't know what was wrong with me and doctors for eight years kept telling me it was all in my head or it was depression or it was anxiety or whatever, uh -huh. but I actually have a genetic condition that affects all the collagen in my body. Um, so when I finally got diagnosed with, it's called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, when I finally got diagnosed with that, I was like, I can't stop talking about it now. I'm going to put it in every video about fingering, like sure. everything I possibly can. Yeah, so my condition is considered extremely rare, but it's not. It's really common. Um, mm -hmm. So kind of like lesbians, how we only had Ellen. And yeah. so I feel like the more I can talk about it, the more people will be like, oh, my elbow does that when I do that. Maybe I am hypermobile. Right. Um, yeah, so I just, I don't know. I just really care about representation. And listen, I get paid to talk about myself, so that's all I do. You I mean, know? snap. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. So did you always have that, because you were on YouTube when it was really new, like really, really new. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't like take off really. I haven't had like a, like my career trajectory has kind of been very slow and steady. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I made my first video in 2006. Yeah. So People were like, what tube? Never heard of it. Yeah, and so did it, did you, did, what was it about sort of sharing, was it like an excitement about like the internet? Um, I think I just, yeah, so I, I got really sick with just like random flare ups with my illness and I didn't know it was what was happening. I went to hospitals and they said, get the fuck out, you don't have insurance. So, you know, right, couldn't sure, get healthcare America. America, you know. Mm -hmm. 
Love the NHS, by the way. Um, <laughs> and so then I was like, I don't know how to make money. And like, I am in bed all the time. So I got a job at a tech company and they paid me $25 a video to like make videos reviewing apps. Oh. And that was like my first job on YouTube. And I was like, listen, there's money in this. <laughs> 25 bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's about what you're paying me to be here today, yeah. It's not even that. Uh, it's 1750. <laughs> um, yeah, so then I was just like, I can try to figure out a way to make money from my bed so that no one knows I'm disabled because I can just sit up in a chair and say blah, 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 and then lay back down and edit all my videos and do everything from bed and no one will ever know I'm disabled. <laughs> so that's how I got, kind of got started. So I think that I was in the closet for so long, now I want to mention my disability and, and try to incorporate it into sex ed. A lot of people think disabled people don't fuck, which like, we're really kinky and horny. Right. Yeah. So. I feel like there's something in you, if you're like sort of a, like I would consider you to be a performer. Like, you know, you do, I, I do it on stage in front of live people, but you do it in front of a webcam. But like, it, was that something that was sort Webcam, of what year is it? <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's a webcam, oh, webcam. Am I a cam girl? You do, the, you do that stuff we where you use go, DSLRs call me, now, call. okay, Susie. You do, do you? Yeah. Do you? Um, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so you and your webcam, um, just like pop it on the top of a laptop, yeah. I actually did start filming on a webcam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you yeah. fine. Yeah, I have an audience. You have a camera. Whatever. But were you always like a performer? Were you always someone that like overshared or like? Because I, I certainly did it in a way, and I've spoken to a few people on the podcast where like performing was a way of like having control over your identity or something that's going through going on in your life at the time, like whatever that thing is. Like being loud and showing off can sometimes be a way of mm, dealing with that's that. That's a good question. I think Thank that you. a little bit, but not I think as much. I think for me, I think that the whole point in um, interacting with other people is to share information. Um, and I recently realized that a lot of neurotypical people uh, interact to make each other feel good. And I did not know that. <laughs> uh, so I think growing up, I kind of was seen as like a know-it-all. So I think my content is generally to share information and try to make it in like a digestible way. Mm -hmm. um, but also I love attention, so you know. And that's always been the case since you, like when you were at high school, were you like in the plays and things? Yeah, I was in theater, but also debate, I was captain of my debate team. So it's like half and half, you know? Was, it's still Love information. It's still speaking loudly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I hear that, I hear that. I mean, I'm American, so I'm loud, so. Sure, yeah. sure, that, Tom learned that on the train earlier. <laughs> uh, but is there like an off switch where you go, oh, there's certain things that I don't talk about, there's certain things that I do talk about, like is the whole of your, because you like, there's a, there's a video where you talk about labels that identify you and you go through some like dark stuff that's happened in your, in your childhood and all the different things that label you. Was there ever a point when you thought, oh, I'm actually not gonna share everything about myself or has it always been like the floodgates are open, this is it? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I was in the closet about disability. I mean, there's so many different things that I wouldn't talk about at different points right, in my life. Right, sure. Um, but I think now I've basically talked about everything. Like, th th just like throughout my career, because yeah, I've been yeah, doing yeah. it for so long, I've like, now I'm like, there's not really anything. There's nothing left. There's nothing left. So now what do I make content about? <laughs> what are you gonna make content about? <laughs> I don't know. Married life, living in Brighton. Yeah, I can't make another fisting documentary. <laughs> So in some of your videos, you talk about your like journeys ar around the globe. And I'm sort of interested, like you lived in LA for a bit, you also talk about living in New Orleans. How have, how have you found living in different places, certainly in America where I feel like, wow, it feels spicy a lot of the time. How's that been for you being sort of an out queer woman? Um, yeah, it's been different because I didn't come out publicly until I went to Los Angeles for the first time. Right. And I met other feminine lesbians because anywhere else I'd ever lived, everyone was butch. I don't know. Before I moved to L.A., I was just dating boys and pretending I was bisexual. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't I didn't fit in with with bisexuals or mm -hmm. with straight people. Uh, but I just pretended I did. Um, so yeah, I think the first party I ever got invited to when I went to Los Angeles, I moved to Los Angeles and I got invited to a Christmas party and I walked in and they were playing Strip Twister. Right. What the fuck? Yeah, I was I like, mean, that's it, I'm it. coming out and I'm never leaving this place. Wow, Strip Twister. What the, how the fuck do you even play that? I don't know. When do you take an art article of clothing off? 
I don't even understand the concept. I was but just. But did you play? No, I just watched. <laughs> So, but, but I guess the question that I'm sort of asking is like, what's it like? Because we were talking about it on the train on the way up. Like, how does it feel at the moment? I know you're not living there right now, but like certainly during like Trump time, how did you feel being there and being out? I guess LA is kind of a, a place in itself, but was there an element of like, oh fuck, are we gonna lose some rights? Are things gonna roll back? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm constantly terrified about for for Americans and for myself. I also have a little bit of like survivor's guilt now that I've moved here because right. I'm just kind of like, okay, well that that Supreme Court law isn't necessarily affecting me, so now I feel incredible sadness for so many Americans, and then also this survivor's guilt on top of it, mm-hmm. um, which is tough. Um, but I I haven't gone back to the U.S. since I came here in January of 2020, so. Yeah, I'm not really sure how I would feel in those moments, but because I'm femme, I do have that privilege of kind of blending in in yeah, straight passing. environments. Yeah, so unless I'm like making out with someone, it's not really gonna be um, inciting violence, so I do have that privilege. Um, but I'm really fucking loud, and I just talk about fingering and fisting all the time. So, so I've learned. Yeah, so I don't really know. I kind of just don't pay attention. <laughs> Do you, do you do like a bit of that so that you're not looking? Yeah, I also like grew up around guns. Like I got my first gun when I was seven. Okay, I... <laughs> okay, we're not talking about coming out anymore. What the fuck? I mean, okay, so take me through that day. Yeah, so... Because it feels like wait. an event, right? You know, like we're just... So, I think I was eight, actually. Oh, correct that. Yeah. don't worry then, it's fine. Much better. Yeah. Let's not do that story. So I've always been a really big, um, you know, against sexism. Sure. And double standards, right? Uh-huh. So my little brother got a gun for his sixth birthday. And I said, hang on a minute. Where's my gun? So then I screamed until I got a gun, because equality. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> It is funny. No, that, that, okay. that's, that's the most frightening bit. I know, <laughs> but you're not joking. So what you, just to like sh- shoot in the garden? <laughs> shoot cans off a wall? Is that, you think I was shooting people at eight years old? No, of course not. But I mean, it doesn't, but, but what do you buy it for? Yeah, so I would shoot out like street lights and shoot squirrels and birds and... Yeah, I, I mean, know, some, I know. Yeah. So... One time, I the reason I stopped shooting my gun is because I shot a bird close up, and it was like, cheep, cheep, and then died. And I was like, I can never shoot a gun again. And now I'm against gun ownership. Wow. Have they decided who's getting the Nobel Peace Prize this year? Does anyone know? Can you make a call just while we're doing this? Thanks. So when I told my therapist that story, she goes, I'm gonna have to stop you because I, I think the question she asked me was like, what's fond memories of your childhood? <laughs> that, was, that was one of the better ones. I was like, yeah, when I got my gun, cause I like, you know, gender equality. And then um, when I would like ride motorcycles at 10 years old, like what the fuck are you doing? Uh, and she's that, just like, I have to stop you cause this is okay that these are your, your happy memories. But all of that is illegal. <laughs> Wow. And you should, that was unsafe and you should have been rescued by someone. And I was like, fucking hell, that's my only happy memories. I think your therapist had a point. And, you know, I don't want to just side with the therapist, but I'm siding with the therapist. I mean, you said before that you don't feel butch. That does feel butch to me. That feels, that feels like classic butch energy. You know? That feels like butch Cassidy. That's how fucking butch that sounds. You know what's more butch in America than shooting guns is what? driving manual. And then I came here and everyone drives manual. Yeah, we're all hella And I can't shoot guns. It's crazy. What is butch about me? Uh, nothing, nothing. You just have to learn to drive stick. Is that what you say? Yeah, drive stick. Yeah, yeah. I watch American telly. I've got a Netflix account. It's coming all right. <laughs> and you were worried this was gonna be awkward. See? You're having a great time. Um, so talk to me about your sort of move over here. So did you, did you come over here, did, were you already in a relationship when you started moving? Yeah, so I met my wife in 2018. Uh-huh. Um, I invited her up to my hotel room. Sure. Um, she said yes. Cool. And then we talked all night about horoscopes, super gay. And then... That's actually gayer than having lesbian sex, yeah. just so everyone knows. Yeah. yeah Any we, of the gay men or straight women in the room? All straight yeah. men. We, we added each other on CoStar app, you know, so. Nah, what? Intense. 
star app. No. Oh, I know. You said webcam. I'll catch you up. Okay. <laughs> it's an app for horoscopes. I'll, we'll download it. I mean, but what's it On gonna... the train home, I'll download it for you on your phone. You have to know the minute you were born. <laughs> Text your mom. <laughs> I think she's got shit on. <laughs> like, so what? You, it's the minute you were born, and then you're like, oh. Yeah, then it affects, affects all the planet placements. Very LA. Anyway, so. No um, shit. Yeah, so we talked about horoscopes all night, and then I was like, so what are you doing tomorrow? And she was like, work. And I was like, would you like to call out of work and go on a first date with me to Paris instead? That is such a baller move. <laughs> that is such a baller move. And you've got, and you've got a video being like, I'm not a fuck boy, I'm not a baller. <laughs> Do you wanna go to Paris? Oh my God, my wife's gonna love that you said that. <laughs> so she said, no, I have work. Yeah, a, a real job. People have fun. I know, it makes me sick. You have paid vacation in this country. Yeah. Yeah, if you called off, you could just get paid to go to Paris with me, you know? Yeah. Anyway, she said no, so I was like, she's not interested, mm-hmm. so she rejected me. But then for like a year, we DM'd on Instagram. So she did you still go to Paris? No. Oh yeah, I did go to Paris. I skipped a part. I skipped the part that makes me look bad. Okay. <laughs> I already know this. <laughs> Thanks for calling me I out. I think you'll work in the room. <laughs> so then I was like, you know what? First date to Paris is a great idea. I'll find someone on Tinder to take on a first date to Paris. <laughs> this is such an education. So I took another girl to Paris on a <laughs> Oh my God, how much money do you make out of YouTube? This is, I can hear the judgment, this is great. Yeah. Um, so I took another girl on a first date to Paris and then um, flirted with my now wife over Instagram for a year and then we saw each other again for the first time and I was like, oh, we should yeah. date. Oh, I'm just back from Paris. <laughs> We actually had a year abroad. <laughs> we, we've broken up, I'm available now. No, she waited until after we were engaged to be like, well, I need to tell you something that I'm really upset about. You took a different girl to Paris. Fair play. You said no. She said no, I'm just gonna accept that she was not interested and take another girl to uh, Paris. You, if you're not interested in someone, you don't spend the whole night pretending you give a fuck about Capricorn. Like. <laughs> She's a Capricorn, how did you know? Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a feeling, you know, you just kind of, you know, kind of, it's kind of a vibe, it's kind of a vibe, you know, a horoscope vibe. I'm a Capricorn, that's how I guessed. Yeah, so then our first kiss was Halloween. So this whole time we'd never kissed. Right. And our first kiss was Halloween, and then... What were you uh, dressed as? We... You, do you know this story? No. Okay, so um, we, planned, we planned a couple's costume before we ever even kissed. That is the most lesbian thing I've ever heard. We were Rue and Jules from season one Euphoria. <laughs> do you know what? I think, that, I think the podcast is gay enough. I think, do you know what? If this doesn't get enough people out of the closet, I don't know what the fuck more I can do for the community. I've done everything I can. <laughs> so I flew to London to go to a Halloween party with her from LA. I can't believe I didn't set up a YouTube channel 12 years ago. (laughs) Go on. Um, And that was our first kiss. We were dressed as Rue and Jules. And then two weeks later, I was like, so how would you feel about me, about traveling Europe with me in 2020? Uh Um, Which was like in three months. Um, And she was like, yeah, I can do that like on weekends or maybe like some vacation days, whatever. I was like, okay. So uh, I sold everything I owned except for what fit in two suitcases. Uh I left my house in Los Angeles. Webcam, got it, let's go. (laughs) Yes, I I did bring my webcam. Yeah, sure. Um, And so then I landed (laughs) at like like January 27th and I got a text saying, hey, there's this thing called coronavirus. Maybe you should avoid planes for a bit. And I was like, oh, great. I'm gonna have to deal with this illness for a month. I won't be able to go anywhere. Mm. Um, Yeah, obviously it turned out way worse than that. Um, And so then I kind of got trapped here. But we got engaged before, like two weeks later we got engaged because we're lesbians. You got engaged after two weeks? No, we started, our first kiss was October and then we got engaged February. Oh, that's ages. Yeah. (laughs) That's basically straight. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, And so then COVID lockdown happened Uh and then they were like, are you guys going to get married or we're going to deport you? So, you know. You got married. Yeah, we got married. And we were like, okay, so we have to wear all this, this um, what is it called? PPE? Yeah, that one. Sure. PPE. Is um, it PPE? Is it PHSE? That's the other one. <laughs> That's the one where they see you down and talk to you about 
periods. Right, did you say GCSE? Uh, no, um, I've got four, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'll do, I actually. just learned what those are. Yeah, I got four of them out of ten. Nice. Thank God this I worked out. I thought four out. was a lot. You no, babe. You could have really fooled me. No, I'm... Nah. Um, <laughs> when I was at school, a teacher said to me, uh, Miss Ruffle, I don't think you'll have a career out of chatting. <laughs> well, I have. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. You were talking. Yeah, I don't... Oh, right, my wedding. Um, so then we didn't know if, like, the country was going to let us get married, but they, uh -huh. like, extended the, like, whatever rules are about, like people coming here and just to get married just so they can stay here or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, really, I'm actually scared of COVID. And also we were already engaged and we're in love and we've been, she's been denied, like rejecting me for a year before we even uh -huh. kissed. Yeah. Anyway. We didn't go to Paris together a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So they like made me write a letter about all of that stuff. Uh -huh. um, and then, yeah, we were like, okay, we have to wear all these masks and gloves and all that. So how do we lean into that without it like looking ridiculous? Yeah. So we decided and like still wear white for our wedding. So we decided to dress as beekeepers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can see, because you were like, let's not be ridiculous, this is. We want people to know it's a real wedding. Exactly. <laughs> what do yeah. you want to dress as? Yeah. Exactly. Cool, 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 cool. Um, and so then we had to have two witnesses. So my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law, we made them dress as bees. <laughs> okay, I fucking love it. I love it. I love it, I'll admit, I love it. Yeah, also we moved to Blackpool, because that's where my wife is from, during oh, I'm so this. I'm sorry, I had no idea. <laughs> And then when we walked in, they didn't even act surprised by our outfits. Really? <laughs> and I was like, this is great. I, I want us to live here forever. I love Blackpool. Uh, when Alice, Alice and I also got married in the lockdown and we had to wear the mask, and um, as we went in, we were like, the, the woman was like, oh, you've got to wear masks. And I said, don't worry, I'm a huge fan of Phantom of the Opera. It got nothing. <laughs> nothing. And you can't imagine, as a stand-up, that really hurts. It was like, it's my wedding. Like, have a chuckle. Um, but yeah, she didn't get it. Have that you seen is so rude. I know, right? I should have gone to Blackpool. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite thing about being in the UK? Health and safety. Sure. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking. You love a hard hat, don't you? Oh, yeah, those are great. But no, uh, so in America, like, um, Americans love Yeah, kids have guns. Yeah, yes, we've heard. kids have guns. You don't need yeah. to convince these guys about health and safety. <laughs> <laughs> no, so people, America loves to say that, like, they care a lot about freedom. But, sure. But they don't. Yeah. They care about freedom to do whatever they want, but not freedom from things that can harm you. So the UK ah. doesn't say, oh, we're freedom, and they don't say freedom a lot, but they care a lot about freedom uh -huh. um, in the way that matters. So, so making laws that protect you from things that can harm you and also freedom to do things as long as that doesn't harm the rights of others. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite thing about the UK, health and safety. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You, you said that like I was about to take the piss. I was waiting for a joke. Aren't you a comedian? <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't think of one. Sometimes comedy's really hard. I liked the hard hat joke. That was good. I did a little hard hat joke, but then I yeah. also didn't want to take the piss out of... I don't know, you seemed quite earnest then. I was, I'm yeah. always earnest, I'm American. Yeah, it's adorable, I love it. <laughs> I do. Okay, we definitely have to get matching hard hats. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that's a sex thing? I think it might be a sex thing. What, like, like, like we're in the village people? Oh, I thought it was just like a lesbian thing, you know? Oh, like yeah. builders, lesbians, no? Work belts. Builders, lesbians. <laughs> do you have a power tool? I don't have a power tool. You don't own any power tools. No, because I'm what? really, I'm really cat-handed. You're really what? Cat-handed. Cat-candid. No. <laughs> it's like you're a Martian, and I love it. I have no idea what you're saying. No, it's okay. Cack. What's cack mean? I'm gonna carry on. Okay. Cack. Cack. Break. Handed. Handed. Got it. Okay, so what's cack? Cack's like... <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> you all know what I mean, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so cack handed is like, like I'm really accident prone. Okay, but what does cack mean? Well, that means I'm accident prone. <laughs> Put your ears on. <laughs> so you don't even own one in case you accidentally cause No, my wife won't let me have one. <laughs> because I break things all the time and I hurt myself a lot. Right. Like once... There was a knife falling off the counter, and I thought, I'll grab that. And um, off we went to A&E. We have, we have so much in common. Yeah, well, you're cack-handed. Yeah, but I own lots of power tools. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah. My wife will be like, wait, 
I can do that. I can forbid you from owning power tools. Oh, I'm yeah. going to do that. Josie, you can do that. <laughs> You're an app. <laughs> so I... Josie's a ghost, in case anyone's wrong. <laughs> That's why she's so into horoscopes. <laughs> she's like, how can I get back? Um, while I was waiting for the train, I uh, opened a pill packet to like take my vitamins, and uh, my thumb started bleeding. <laughs> just from just like this. <laughs> how, how did I injure myself trying to take my vitamins? Well, I, I don't know, and I'm very sorry. That that is not very British health and safety. Were they from America? <laughs> no? Yes, I should I should yeah. petition them. You need to make these plastic things softer. Yeah, for little lady hands. I took a picture too. I'll email them the picture. I'm all right. <laughs> you. Oh, okay, yeah. To the government or whoever makes the, the rules. You think the government are going to care? <laughs> I don't know how much you're across British politics right now, but I'm going to tell you the government have got quite a lot on. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh, this little American's cut her hand. <laughs> Should I email my MP? I mean, you live in Brighton, so it's the Green Party, so they would give a shit. They'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> They'd care. Oh, I'm having a great time. Yeah, this is nice. It's fun. It's a good life. Um, I feel like these people can't see us. Oh, I mean, we're like five minutes from the end. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Oh, I'm so sorry. You've had to look at... You've missed this the whole time. I'm so sorry. I was doing some funny faces and everything. I can't wait to start saying cack-handed. Good. Good. Um, I, I'm trying to think of other... Any other... Anyone got any funny British phrases that we could see if CV knows them? You know, my, my wife's favorite phrase that I say is, let's crunch the numbers. She's like, that's so American. Cr what are you crunching numbers for? That is very American, but I like it. Mm. It makes me feel like we're going to go to that thing that they do on Wall Street where they ring the bell. You know that thing? No. Carrie does it in Sex and the City. It's too straight. It seems exciting. ding a ling a ling <laughs> We're trading. I don't know what they do. Um, has anyone... I've lost, my, I've lost the thread. Uh, got any good English phrases? You, you're looking at me like, don't talk to me, Jester. <laughs> Go on, shut one out. Be confident. Be my oh, like with everything but the kitchen sink. What? That was a great one. <laughs> ten out of ten. I, did, I didn't hear what you said. When you go, oh, it's everything but the kitchen sink. Oh yeah, no, that's American as well. We say that one. Oh, fucking stupid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I've heard all over the shop. All uh, over the shop. All over the shop. Yeah, what? all over the shop's great. What shop? Whose shop? My shop. It's all over the shop. I love that one. So that cute. is a good one. Anyone donkey's is? ears. Donkey's ears. Donkey's ears. Apparently donkeys are old. Lots of years ago. Donkey's ears. Have you never heard that one? Yeah, I think so. Have I? Did I just teach? Did yeah. I just teach you a British phrase? No, they told me I knew. I know everything. Did I tell you I got four GCSEs, mate? I think I'm gonna know. <laughs> You laugh too hard at that. Um, <laughs> they love any, the any more for any more before I ask Stevie the final question? Any more for any more. That's good. Any more for any more? What's that? Yeah, that's what you just said. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you were asking him for more phrases. <laughs> and then it was a British phrase that I'd never heard of, and that's why I was confused. Does anyone else have something to say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that. Oh, my God. Oh. Cool. <laughs> Do you have cool in America? Yeah? yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, okay. Uh, the final question that I ask absolutely everyone uh, that comes on the podcast, and I'm, I'm thinking about the version of you that... Maybe the version of you that was Stevie that was just getting online but wasn't willing to come out about many parts of who you are. You're, you're, you're living with a disability and also uh, being a, a gay woman. If you could pick up a phone and speak to her, and sometimes people don't like the idea of like changing the course of their life, so maybe you're picking up the phone and speaking to someone that's in that position right now. If you could give them a bit of advice or give them a bit of encouragement, what would you say? Oh God, like what, what age? Sorry, right before so I no, came I'm out. So thinking of like, you know, you were saying about you were like putting out stuff online, but you weren't really being authentic with who you are. You were keeping bits back. And maybe, I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth now, but maybe a bit 
frightened to let people no, know No, I just you like, are? I don't know. I feel like it's so specific. I think I would literally say, uh, you have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Doctors are assholes and they're lying to you. Um, also, make more YouTube videos because it will make money. Also, come out because lesbians can kind of make money now. <laughs> what a great heartwarming way to end the episode. <laughs> 17.50, am I right? <laughs> it's gone down to 16 since you've been on stage, unfortunately. <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's a, that's a great way to end. That's a great way to end. Um, look, thank you so much for coming. As many of you know, I started this podcast. Uh, I had two recordings in the bank before we went into lockdown. I didn't really know what I was going to do with them, but I just wanted to create something that was positive about being a gay person and positive about, or a queer person, anyone under the LGBTQIA plus banner. And it's, it really means the world to me that you've all come out tonight and uh, you care about the podcast. And it's not the biggest podcast in the world, but it's clearly one that speaks to people. And I'm very, very proud of that. So um, thanks. That's very nice of you. That's very kind of you. Um, please give it up for the wonderful Stevie Bobby. Oh, I loved that chat. I loved doing the show live. Um, should I do more? Should I do more live shows? Get in touch with me. Let me know. If you if you want to get in touch, the email is hello at com. I always want your coming out stories. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you're up to. And yeah, if you think we should be doing out shows, more out shows in London, should I do one in Manchester? Should I do one in Brighton? Should I do one in some sort of queer capitals around the country? I feel like I should. Let me know, get in touch. Um, as always, you can get in touch with me on Twitter, although I'm not on there very much, but I do see it sometimes. Um, and I'm on Instagram, but the best way to get in touch with me, as I said before, is the email. Hello at outwithsuzyruffle.com. Okay, that's all from me. I'll be back next week with another fantastic interview. I hope you have a great week and take care. Bye. Bye.